City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor, Mark. Good to um, be back. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, the Hornets are on a four-game win streak as we sit here today, Tim. And it's been pretty exciting. It's been actually fun to watch the Hornets for a change this season over the past four games. But I, I have a question for you, Tim. Are you, you know, overall happy about this win streak or sad about this win streak? You know what, Mark? That's a great question. And I am ecstatic about it because I don't really think it has any effect lottery wise. We are locked in to that fourth pick it's like a weird thing we have like there's no pressure it's like i mean even if we lost 15 games in a row the spurs would lose 25 games in a row i mean if the season went for another 100 games they might lose 90 in a row um so we're locked in and uh for the first time in my life or really for the first time since anthony davis i'm allowing myself to dream we're getting victor dude (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way. I I looked I revisited the the uh the lottery odds and just just had a pick at them. Currently, us in fourth gives us a twelve and a half percent chance of getting the first pick, which is less than the bottom three teams. The bottom three teams all have a fourteen percent chance to get the first pick. That's like a small difference. The thing that's like annoying is that as we currently stand in fourth, you know, fourth place for the first pick. We have a 25.7% chance of getting the sixth pick and a 16.8% chance of getting the seventh pick. AKA, it's more likely that we get the seventh pick than it is that we get the first pick, which is just kind of demoralizing. Um, And being in that bottom three would be very advantageous towards towards the Hornets. And I just got to say, the Hornets are bad at tanking. Um, we're, We're bad at everything. I, I'm I'm gonna go completely the other way. This this four game win streak, while it's been actually enjoyable to watch, and Mark Williams has been great, Lamelo has been great. It's been it's been fun. Uh, yeah, we shouldn't have done it. They should have lost all of those games. And if we had lost all those games, Tim, then we would have the same amount of wins as the Detroit Pistons going into tonight. Mark, I'm um 
not great at mathematics, <laughs> but I do believe, I don't believe in karma, and I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in the basketball karma gods. Okay. And I think that they are going to reward us. They're going to say, you know what? We traded away the nemesis of aesthetic basketball, Mason Plumley, and we're playing Mark Williams. I, against all reason and against all statistics, we're getting the first pick. I just don't care. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. We come lottery night when we end up with the seventh pick. The next day, I'm going to wake up and be like, man, we're going to get Wembenyana. That's awesome. <laughs> so we're, we're yeah. getting Victor. I love this. This is a rare this is a rare optimism from Tim. We're kind of flipping roles here. Uh I just I hate to be like the nerdy dude who's like don't win, but that's what I feel like every time every time the Hornets win. Uh I'm just like stop winning. We we went through 60 games of the Hornets sucking, right? And not being good. It's just like what's the point of being any good now? Just let me like let me just sit in pain for the next three months uh, and give us, give us the top three odds. Give us that 14% chance to get the first pick. Uh, if we end up with the seventh pick, Tim, what are you going to do? Or how, how depressed is this podcast going to get? Well, <laughs> it could not be worse than selecting James Booknight with the 11th pick. So I don't think that there will any be ever, ever be any pain worse than that no honestly i'm um i'm in a transitional phase in my life where um i'm now at the adult phase where like i actually have to like answer emails <laughs> and um I that don't was like five check. years ago Tim. But... <laughs> well i've been i've been getting emails for a long time i've just been ignoring them <laughs> um, not doing it but now like i'm actually like oh okay gotta check this email I do this, got to do that. And now I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't relish the pain of losing basketball games. I just, if we end up with the seventh pick, I'm like, wow, Cam Whitmore. Oh, he, he might be the next superstar that we need next to LaMelo. We could get the 32nd pick in the draft somehow in the lottery. And I'd be like, that guy's going to be a star. I'm, All right, um, listeners, let us let us know what you think of the new Tim. Uh, you know, I'm kind of scared right now. I'm not sure what's going on, Tim. Uh, I'm, I haven't spoken to you this much in a little bit of time. I, I'm I'm a little alarmed at this this optimism, but but I'm here for it. I'm here for well, it. Well, I'm optimistic. Well, the reason that I'm so optimistic right now, I should say, is because Lamelo Ball, after you know the injury to start the season, and then you know a setback. He's turning into a superstar before our eyes. And I'm just going to say, Mark Williams is the best center we've had since Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> That's bold. I you got to throw I don't Al even, Jefferson in there, bro. Al Jefferson had, and I love Al Jefferson. I will be eternally grateful. I will be, I've been uh, watching my two-year-old nephew and I've just been bouncing him on my knee, showing him highlights of Al Jefferson. No, genuinely, I have. And, like, I love that. But it was only 80 games. And yeah, we okay. were in high school when that happened. I think that Mark Williams has a chance 
to just, you know, be an Iron Man and he has the best hands of any center since Al Jefferson. No question. And as much as I love Al, he's already a better defensive player as a rookie than Al was, even including the foul trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think, I mean, what you, what you're saying is that you think he's going to be better than Al. Of course. You don't think he's already better than Al. No. Yeah. I mean, like Al's, Al's third team, all NBA season, which saying it out loud sounds kind of sad that that's like our, our like watermark. But um, no, I mean, I, I think that Mark Williams is, he's the first guy is, I was someone who was a little ridiculed with being like ceiling to ceiling. I think he will be better than Jalen Duran if they both hit like their hundredth percentile outcome. I was just a believer of like, Mark Williams has the highest standing reach in NBA history. And I was a believer that like, he can actually cover on the perimeter. Like, you know, like, I don't think it's that outrageous. Like, I don't, he doesn't have, like, go bare feet. Um, And, yeah, it's like, I mean, he's showing it. He's yeah. a guy who, like, it is so nice to watch a center just be able to catch a ball and just go up and dunk it. Or, like, you know, when he can play five feet off a player and still disrupt their shot as mm-hmm. we saw in the Heat game, and we saw with Anthony Edwards. I mean, he crushed Edwards back-to-back possessions in crunch time. I just, I think that him and LaMelo have this, like, beautiful connection, and maybe I'm talking myself into it a little more than the reality is actually there. But I just, I'm I'm living the dream. Nah, yeah, and I agree that we both should take victory laps, at, at least... At this moment, Mark Williams is better than Jalen Duran. Um, and we both we both were on that train. You more than me. I think you convinced me pretty much on that one. Uh, but I but I agreed around draft time. In the six games since Mason Plumley left, Mark Williams is averaging 12 and 10. That's a double double, folks. He's had three double doubles in six games. And also, notably, he's averaging a positive plus minus in those six games. He's having a positive impact. Not only is he more fun than uh, Mason Plumlee, but he also is just really good. Um, And I think the Plumlee trade, you know, taking a step back was just a great move. Uh, That was what both of us thought on on the day of that trade. And some people were like, oh, we didn't get enough back for him. That might be true, but I don't really care. Um, It's just clearing the way for Mark Williams to play more minutes and Nick Richards, more so Mark Williams. But like getting to see Mark Williams actually develop and actually play basketball has been, I mean, the highlight almost of the season, right? Over these past six games, he had 18 and 20 in the game against the heat, Tim 18 and 20. I don't know the stats, but I don't think rookies do that too often. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch him. Yes, absolutely. And um, one thing um my my grandmother is um she's 83 years old and she's an irish catholic and for one of my earliest memories her talking about the day that john f kennedy died i assume that's what it was like for steve clifford when he had to trade away mason plumley <laughs> <laughs> just like oh man that was that was so tough 
But you know what? LBJ was a great president, and he did a lot of great things. Did you say LBJ? Yeah. Lyndon Johnson. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just getting basketball confused. LeBron LeBron James is what came to my mind. Um, (laughs) I thought thought you were tripping. I was tripping. Um, Yeah, no, the Mason Plumlee trade is great. It's just... It's just more fun to watch. And everyone was talking about Mason Plumley having a great season, good advanced numbers. And we talked about on the podcast, like, yes, that was true. But there was just no point in keeping him on this roster. Like, it's not a team that's trying to win. It's arguable whether or not Mason Plumley's a winning player. Uh, but regardless, having like a veteran center like that on a team with two young center, well, three young centers, including Kai Jones, just doesn't really make make much sense. So, uh, yeah, I was ecstatic. That, that that move was made no shade to Mason Plumley. It's just, he didn't fit. He did not fit on this team. Yeah. Like, I mean, ob- objectively Mason Plumley was having a good season. Yeah. I just do not care. Yeah. I would, I would rather bring Vernon Carey back, <laughs> like bring Primo Brezic back. Yeah. As far as I care, like I don't care about the numbers. <laughs> I like, I admit that he was objectively a positive player. I just never, never want to watch him again. And right. um, I see the Clippers highlights and I'm like, Oh, good luck with that. Have fun. <laughs> All right. We glance, uh, we kind of like breeze through the Lamella talk. Let's, let's go back to that real quick. This is now fully Lamella's team, Tim, the other night against Miami, he shot 16 threes, which is more than the rest of the team shot combined. Um, and he is fourth in the league in the NBA in three pointers made per game. Do you want to try to guess who's ahead of him? Um, per game, per game. Uh, Dame. Yep. Steph. Yep. Play. That's right. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, that's right. Damn. You should get like a prize or some shit. That was pretty good. Uh, well, yeah, yeah Steph- that, that really just erases the fact that, Going into his rookie year, I predicted that he would shoot below 30% from three. Yeah. So I'm happy to be wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's had not had like the most efficient season ever, but similar to what we were just talking about with Mason Plumley, like about us not really caring about his statistical like good play. I don't really care about Lamelo's like inefficiencies that much this year. I'm basically giving a pa- giving him a pass on inefficient shooting at times because this year is just like literally just for him to learn, get some reps is the main guy next year. If it's the same story, then I think we have like some cause for concern, but the issue on this team is definitely not LaMelo. He is the engine for the offense. His passing is like out of this world. And I think offensively he's like plus three box minus defensively. He's like minus one. So his offense is, is not the issue you have. We can have some quips about like his, his inefficient shooting sometimes, but um, I overall, it's just, I think it's just a good thing that he's, he's getting the keys. He's getting the keys and he's actually utilizing it. Yeah. The first time where like he, I would say like his, his best stretch prior to this was starting post all-star break last season. And -hmm. that's when like the first time, like he wasn't just an exciting player with flashes. He was a winning player. And now it is it is every night. It's like you watch him and he has just certain moves that 
not only are they dazzling, they're effective. The floater still needs work. The two-point percentage, yeah, like it could go up. I agree with that. But watching him run pick and roll with Mark Williams, I mean, because prior to this, it was really just like, you know, and I don't think it's a, you know, coincidence. Once we got Montrez Harrell and we actually had a pick and roll partner for him, it turns out that LaMelo is a great passer and he's very effective finding the role man instead of just having to work with Cody Zeller throwing bricks off the backboard or, throw, you know, like Mason Plumlee deciding to try to, you know, grab and go. If you give LaMelo a, even like a, just a league average role man, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's been great. Um, and I think he's the catalyst for, I mean, he definitely is the catalyst for the reason why we are, uh, outside of, outside of the bottom three. It's, it's all, all LaMelo. Um, and I'm excited that he's making a little bit of a leap here and kind of saving what was like a lost season for him. You know, he, he missed the first part of the season. And I think that was sort of the narrative is that LaMelo just had like, Oh, this season doesn't matter. Cause he missed the first 20 games but he's turning it into like a serious like growth growth year. And I think the national media won't give him credit for that, but, but we can, as, as we only have the Hornets to watch. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like looking forward, what do you think, you know, this is like a tough question, but what is LaMelo ceiling and what do you think Mark Williams ceiling is? That's yeah, that is a tough question. Um, Lamelo ceiling is like over third. under, over under one and a half all NBA teams. Over. I oh, was gonna say nice. ceiling, I was gonna say a ceiling is like third best point guard in the league, second best point guard in the league, somewhere around there. Still, I think. Well, since we this is like the fight of the podcast. I think he's just straight up right now. He's just he's better than John Morant. <laughs> we'll have to save this for another day. <laughs> I know. I just I just sprung that on you, so I apologize. Yeah. Well, you know who's definitely uh, not better than John Morant is Trey Young. Dude, Trey Young is up to thirty three percent from three. <laughs> <laughs> I say this sad day uh, when you're celebrating that. Mark, Mark and I are in a fantasy basketball dynasty league, and um, I got stuck with Trey Young at the end of the first round, and so I'm just uh, I'm piping up the value. Yeah, yeah, nah, you can't you can't sell him to me, Tim. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I personally have my eyes on the NBA Finals. Looking at the Finals winners, I'm going to go with... Golden State, I like their odds. Not necessarily Golden State to win the finals, but I like their odds at plus 1,700 to win the finals. Uh, that's 17-1, to 1, folks, and uh, Steph Curry is pretty good. So 
Put your money on that. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. Tim, your boy, uh, Malik Monk, had 45 points this week. More than anybody on our team has ever scored. And that's funny a funny statistic, Tim, because I don't know if you remember, but Malik Monk used to play for the Hornets uh, just about two years ago. And now he has more points in a single game than anybody on our team ever has. So what were your thoughts seeing that, Tim? I know you're number one Malik Monk stan, part of leader of the Monk Mafia. Um, what did you think? Was it was it sadness or was it or did you feel happy for him? I I didn't even really have to parse my emotions that much. I felt unbridled joy watching him cook Kawhi Leonard on the perimeter. And like, you know, part of me was like, you know, you get upset. We're like, you know, I, I've ranted off podcast to you so many times about like, why did we take book night? We should have kept Monk. And then we took, we could have just taken Sangoon. Everything would have been good. But I didn't even care. I was like, I'm just happy to see him thrive. It's almost just like, you know, a friend that you lose contact with and then you see two years later on LinkedIn or Facebook and just be like, man, I'm so happy for him. I always believed that Monk could do this and I'm happy that he's in, you know, like the beam. Go Sacramento. He's with his college teammate. I, I was just genuinely happy. And... I hope that he continues to do this for the next 35 years and breaks Kareem or uh, LeBron's record at this point. <laughs> no, nah, I just, you know, I just, I, I like him. I, I think he's a good guy and he's one of the most exciting players to watch and watching him, you know, between the dagger threes and the beautiful, just electric dunks, you know, he had that nasty, uh, double pump dunk that was reminiscent of his dunk against the Chicago Bulls in his rookie season uh, when yes. he finally started to cook the first time that Clifford got fired. Um, yeah, no, I just um, I have I have nothing but love and support for him. All He's right, like that, my... that was a, that was a nice four minute Malik Monk monologue. <laughs> I love I love it, Tim. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the role as the pessimist again here today. Just a little role reversal for you guys. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible move. Just letting him walk in in hindsight. Uh, I don't think I, I thought too much of it at the time. You were definitely pissed about it. Credit to you, Tim, you know, sticking with your boy, Malik Monk. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's he's balling out. He's he's a very pivotal piece in that Kings team. That's it like fourth in the West or whatever right now. Uh, and Tim, the Kings are the longest active team without a playoff series or the longest team right now without making a playoff series. That's going to change. They're going to make a playoff series this year, and then it will become the Hornets as the longest team, uh, currently without making a playoff series since 2016. And the Hornets also have the ongoing streak for, 
uh, longest since we've won a playoff series, which is 2002. So the Hornets uh, just just not not doing great uh, this year, Tim. Not not a, not a good year. This is news to me. <laughs> we've not been a successful team. Um. So what? Yeah, Sacramento. That was 2006. Um. Personal trivia question. Or was it 2006? 2006. Okay. Uh, do you remember what you were doing in life as like a nine-year-old in 2006? No. Do you have any recollection of 2006? No. No. No, I I, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and the Hornets have not advanced. I do think that the Hornets get a little bit of a bad rap because we are even though we incepted the history from our old team, we are an expansion team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to even call that like 2002, right? Like how is that even like part of our, you know, team? That's because it is just like a different team, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Hornets longest, longest act streak without winning a playoff series and soon to be the longest team without making a playoff series. But Tim, you know, we're going to change that. Oh, Victor? Bryce McGowan's <laughs> signed to a multi-year <laughs> extension. All right. Uh what what were your thoughts on the the Bryce deal? Uh and a little bit a little bit of thoughts on James Booknight also, Tim. Yeah, so I think it was a good piece of business by um you know, Cupcheck. That's what I'm saying, like I floated this idea to you. I don't really, as much as I hate the Jalen Duran trade, you know, the trading the 13th pick for the Nuggets pick and multiple second round picks, um, I think it's terrible, pretty much just like is a piece of business. But I'm also kind of in the camp of like, Mitch Kupchak can kind of only nail second round picks. Yeah. So I can't even hate it that much. Even though, yeah. like, I, I identify that it's stupid. I think it's just dumb luck that he's, I mean, been nailing second-round picks, though. I think that's just, like, coincidence, more so than actually something's happening there. Although I could be wrong. I could There could be something there with him him nailing second-round picks. Yeah, McGowan's is better than I gave him credit for, uh, but I'm going to stick for now. He hasn't he hasn't done anything to, to sway me off of my opinion. Bryce looks like a second round pick McGowan's. I'm sticking to that for now. <laughs> um, I definitely disagree with that. I do think that McGowan's is actually like an NBA player. Okay. And, but I do think that it is one of like the original sin of the cup check era was just not getting a positive return for Kemba Walker. He's had mm. a history of letting players walk. And, like, you know, it did turn into Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier has been good. He's, you know, objectively just been a positive player. It's still bad process. And with Kupchak, it things have worked out for him a little more than we would like to admit. And I don't think, it again, bad process the whole way around. It's like, you know, if you win a game by only shooting eight threes and the other team just happened to go like nine of 45 from three. They still had a better process. Um, but yeah, I mean, cup check, even the Devante Graham year, we'll call it that led to uh LaMelo ball. We had the seventh best odds. And right. that's like the one time we like actually moved up in the lottery. So that worked out and nailed and the then, pick. And like the pick was not even 
up for debate, right? Like Lamella just fell to us at three and we got the best player, <laughs> Anthony Edwards. Uh, yeah, we got the best player in that draft uh, just just by like luck. There was no, nothing the Hornets did to to do that pick. It was If they didn't pick Lamella, it would have been ridiculous. And he just fell to us at three. There, yeah, like there's a very you – know, like we talked about the odds at the top of the podcast. I mean, there's a world where we just have like Denny Obdia. Yeah. Instead. And this podcast is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, it's not. All right, dude. Uh, let's let's wrap it up. I'm going to Sloan uh, this this weekend, the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, so I will come back with a full report um, of all things sports analytics. It's at MIT, Tim. I'm gonna I'm gonna be around some very smart people. I'm very excited. Uh, so yeah, look for us next week. I'll talk about it on the pod for at least ten minutes at the end. I like it. Um, is there anyone you specifically want to talk to? Any questions you want to ask? You know, I'm going to do like I'm like working this week, obviously, but then I leave Thursday. So like I plan on like all day Thursday, just kind of like prepping and like looking, looking at all the like uh, people who are talking and, and figuring out exactly what I want to do. So I would say no, not not yet, but I will. All right. I like to hear that, Mark. Um, So we've obviously we've it's been a while since the last podcast. What uh, what's been going on in Mark's world? Yeah, I would just say that we're we've both been uh we've both been busy, um, and this Hornet season has not been the most entertaining. But we are back, Tim. We are back. We've been we've been uh going through some personal stuff, both of us. Uh, but we're we're back for good. Um, with the season ending and the lottery around the corner, it's a pretty good time to uh hop back in nose. Deep? What is? What am I looking for? What's the nose dives? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, nose dive into into the Hornets. Um, and yeah, we're we're back. Tim, anything you want to add? We're back. No, and uh, I apologize. You know, for the time. Yeah. So Mark and I's work schedules are pretty much completely opposite. And yeah, um, yeah we've been we've been going through things. Um, also, you know. We're both in our mid twenties, and uh, turns out mid twenties are a little different than early twenties, and uh, you have to be a little more responsible. Right. So I mentioned actually answering emails. Yeah. So, just um, just had to actually get my life in order and make sure that I'm gainfully employed with a proper job, and wanted to keep that. But we have been watching every Hornet game, and um, just yeah, we. We really appreciate. I'll speak for Mark on this. Um, anyone that's um stuck with us, yeah, through this yeah. time, especially the people who like continued DMing us and stuff. Like we haven't posted an episode in like a month, so yeah, appreciate everybody who's listening. I hope hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll be back early next week with a with a new episode, uh, likely you know Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, again. So shout out to all the supporters of the podcast, um, on Patreon and on Winnow. Thanks everybody. Uh, Tim, you want to say rate, re- review, subscribe? If you, if so you could be so <laughs> kind as to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, walk around a park, walk around your campus, walk around your business with a speaker, and blast this podcast, and um, get the get the word out there. We'd appreciate that. And Mark, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Do you have anything for a media corner? No, but I do see that we have less than a minute left on this Zoom, so we should wrap it up. 
All right. Well, the minute left, I will say, um, watch Tar. I saw it in theaters, bye bye, in an empty theater, and then the next day I went and saw it again. One of the better movies I've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, it's been real, Tim. All right. Be safe out there, Lickamark. Peace. Peace. Nice.